0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly to your favorite sports Bam. shows, oh, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome into episode number 102 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host, Jesse Taylor, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. It's been a while since we've talked to you guys. We needed some time to kind of let it set in, get over the, the true pain, even though I don't know it'll ever go away because I'm still thinking Sorry. about that 2004 loss. Um, but man, I don't think Jess that... I realized because, like, obviously, you're so excited to go in. in the Super Bowl. We did have the more talented team. Um, I truly believe we were just out coached yep. um, in it, but we did have the more talented team. So I don't think I realized, and like, I don't think Philly's kind of realized, like, before or heading into the game because it was so recent um, since we won the Super Bowl that besides those two Super Bowls, like in 2018 and this year, or 2017 and this year. I have only other ever seen one other Super Bowl, and that was in 2004. Like, I just think that is insane when you think about that because, like, it kind of feels like we've had such a good team and, like, we're so used to this right now because of recency bias. But, like, no. Like, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That was the first time that they've been back to the Super Bowl it since 2004. So that was, what, 13 seasons? Yeah.
2: I mean, and I think part of it is, like, being – a four for four or five for five, however you want to look at it, sports town, like there has been a lot to be excited about over the last, say, 25 years or so in in Philadelphia sports, right? Like you think about the Sixers with Allen Iverson and then you had like, the Eagles had an incredible couple years. Like unfortunately mm-hmm. that was the only Super Bowl that they made it to under Andy Reid with Donovan McNabb, but like they were, it, it was like, think about like the way that B- boston fans feel like right now like it was almost a lock in making it into playoffs for the majority of their teams like for the eagles for like six or seven years in there like the playoffs were a lock for the philadelphia eagles they were in the nfc championship game what was it like five appearances under Andy Reid or something and like again unfortunately it was only the one super bowl and it was a crushing loss and it you know still haunts us all to this day but like the, that that was really exciting and then you had like the Phillies that went on that incredible run from 2007 yep. to 2011 um, when the Eagles were not great and then you had the process Sixers that they're just kind of in there for a little bit but then like the Sixers started doing really good things again and giving you hope in the play- Now, obviously like they break your heart at the end of the season every year but you know they've been it, it, like watching Joel Embiid is fun that is mm-hmm. exciting like the Eagles have been you know on the upward trend again they're fun to watch they're exciting to watch the Phillies obviously this year like when they signed Bryce Harper the Phillies became fun again and it was always a push it was always exciting and like I know that they hadn't made the playoffs but like it was exciting to see the Phillies play again and they were always giving you something exciting so I mean I feel like while there isn't a lot of hardware to show for it and like I feel like it I don't, this, I don't want this to come across as like a loser mentality, but like (laughs) they have always given us something to like be excited about. And while yes, we've had our hearts broken many, 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 many times, like it's been, there's been a lot of fun, exciting seasons in there. And I think that the, you know, the difference with this Super Bowl, while it was crushing and heartbreaking and you and I talked about like, we both went into that Super Bowl with complete confidence in this Eagles team. A lot of people. Jalen Hurts did everything yes. and more that I could have asked of him. But the exciting thing is, like, the future is still so bright for the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts and because of Devonte Smith and AJ Brown, who's here for the next five. It, like, all of those things give you a lot of confidence in in the Eagles and their ability to definitely learn from this and, and bounce back and, and, you know, stay in this conversation and continue to be this relevant and one of the prominent teams in the NFL. So while it was brutal and heartbreaking, and we'll talk about it in terms of like the controversies that are there also, but like, you know, it's, it's hard to be upset at especially the offensive performance
1: yeah I I, that's a good point I don't think I'm more so upset I'm just more uh, I guess I'm I am upset but like it's more so like it's not like I'm mad at this team it's just like we had it and it got ripped away from us you know what I mean like that is the feeling because they were so dominant because they are or were the more talented team but then you saw that like I truly think it was just an experience thing and an, a coaching thing. Like cool. obviously the Chiefs have very recently been almost their identical team has gone to three Super Bowls already within Patrick Mahomes first 5 years. You know, so like they knew what adjustments had to be made and they knew um that they'd have an extremely long halftime and that would could have the potential to completely change everything. You know what I mean? Cuz like Philly did have all the momentum going into the half, but they have nobody, I mean besides like a few of their veterans. They really had nobody on the team that was like, "Hey, this is going to be a long halftime, keep it up," you know? Well,
2: and- that's also, I mean, if you think back on it, that's what screwed the Eagles in 2004. They didn't appropriately game plan and prepare, which for- makes sense it was
1: Andy Reid's first Super Bowl.
2: But I will also say the the offense had no problems. I offense was doing anything, they could score at will and do anything and everything they wanted. It was a defensive coaching problem and lack of adjustments. Yes. And very true. I'm very, you know, for the first time when we say, like, oh, you can leave this person there and and fly home, you can fly home and leave that one there, they actually did. That was great. (laughs) John McGannon, you can stay in Arizona. You don't, you're not welcome back in Philadelphia. And he actually stayed there. And that's that's all dude. What about? And this is how
1: you know it's bad. So, like, obviously you have some media members that are like, oh, and some fans that are like, oh, you can't blame just the coach, blah, blah, blah. Eh, Watching the game, yeah, a lot of it was. And then now you're seeing, like, guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson with the tweet where they're calling him out. And it's like, obviously he can't do everything and he isn't the actual player. But, yeah, he is the guy that tells them where they should line up and, like, is the one that's supposed to be putting them in the right spots to
2: do what they do in that sense. And, and make the adjustments if something's not working. Like yeah. The difference is, I, I feel like in the first half, you saw, and we'll, we'll get into the, the turf and the, the sod yeah. game and that whole BS, but you saw what, what the Eagles do well is get home on the quarterback and wreak havoc from that perspective. That's what the defense did well. And clearly that wasn't able to be done in this game based on what was going on. But the lack of adjustment is the problem. You know what I mean? So it's, that's, that's the issue. They, they just needed to make one play. Someone just needed to make one play and they were unfortunately not put in the correct situation to do that. And I think you saw you, the perfect example of not making that adjustment and not, in real time being able to make a shift to to how you they scored that those last two touchdowns that they scored the same exact play on different sides of the field like mm-hmm. and, and how unbelievably wide open skymore and oh, who was the other person and was it the no, Chiefs. that one wasn't no, Tony. It was Kadarius Tony, was yeah. Tony. Scored his yeah. first touchdown, you know, like whatever. Um if you can't recognize that as a defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, that's a problem. So more than anything, it's just the lack of it's the lack of adjustment. If if something's not working, you have to figure out a way to to fix the problem. Like, if you were to show me Patrick Mahomes' stat line and tell me that he only threw for 182 yards, I would tell you that the Eagles won by 40 points. And James threw for 304 yards. I'd be like, oh, the Eagles won by 30. It was a waste of a Super Bowl.
1: It is crazy because, like, obviously in real time, you're just looking for the product. Like, you are seeing the result kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're seeing what's happening in front of your face. You're not realizing that – Jalen Hurts put up the numbers that Jalen Hurts had. Like, he completely outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Granted, Patrick Mahomes was playing on, like, a shot-up ankle. But um,
2: – Jalen Hurts had a bum shoulder. It, it, true. I true. Not, not
1: but he played a fantastic game. Like, his balls, they, deep. that sounds funny. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, it just – they were such perfect throws. And, like – He played the I, game of his life. And it was – that's what I was going to say. It was amazing because, like, you saw in some of the playoff games, granted, he did have a bum shoulder. Mm -hmm. But there was that little concern of, oh, is he going to be um, somebody that can't really pull it off, like, wants to in that limelight but can't because, like, obviously everybody goes back to the Alabama game when he got benched. And then you haven't seen him be be as good as he can be in some of these playoff games. But that Super Bowl game, I think that put him – truly truly on the map of one of the best in the league like even guys that hated him like craig carton on fs1 the morning show or whatever even he put jalen hurts as his number two quarterback in the league after that because you can't deny it anymore and there's still some people that choose to because he's philadelphia unfortunately but there is no denying that he's one of the best in the league
2: he was absolutely sensational in the Super Bowl like I I expected him to absolutely rise to the occasion and and play an extremely impressive game he like you're exactly right the placement of some of those balls from him was unbelievable like Mm -hmm. he played and that's also what makes it hurt so bad is like he did he deserved it everything and i you know travis kelsey said it on the the new heights podcast like arguably jalen hurts should have been the mvp regardless of the fact that he lost like yeah arguably jalen hurts what he he was the most impressive player on super bowl sunday and that's
1: so true and that's where it just sucks where the nfl just has their things that they do you know what i mean
2: it is what it is But but like I mean, 27 for 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, 70 yards on the ground, and three touchdowns on the ground as well. I mean, and, and you know, his skill guys stepped up as well. A.J. Brown, 96 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, seven receptions for 100 yards. Dallas Goddard had 60 yards. The one person that had butterfingers, Quez Watkins, that was, that hurt. That hurt. Like it hurt. It hurt. It hurt. And also, he had AJ wide open for another touchdown on the like, just like a couple yards over. But again, like you, you, you gotta make that. Play. Like you gotta make that. Play. Oh, one hundred percent. Such a shame because you think what was it? It was thirty-five points is the most points ever scored by, by a loser, a loser in the in the Super Bowl. Like that's insane. Thirty-five, like thirty-five points. You you need to win a football. Game. Like yeah. And, and I will say like, there were a couple times where they had to settle for a field goal and like that, you know, that definitely hurt them. But also like, you know, it just, it just sucks. And then for, for the game to end on the, fi- the, the final penalty. Now here, here's my opinion on the final penalty. It was a hold. He held it. He did. No disagreement whatsoever. However, I firmly believe that by that point in the game, players are playing based on the way that the game has been officiated up to that point.
1: Very true. That's
2: not some. That's not a call they were making up to that point. Do I? Did he help? Did he hold him? Yes. However, it was a very ticky-tack call. That it's a shame to make in that moment when that had not been how, how they had been consistently calling the game throughout. I
1: agree with that.
2: And it's just unfortunate because now obviously, you know, we had, we significantly had a horse in the race, right. And, and it was disappointing, but as a football fan, if I didn't have a horse in the race and a lot of football fans were extremely disappointed that they didn't get to potentially see one of the best endings to a Super Bowl ever. Because again, if you look at that objectively without a horse in the race, that's like one of the best Super Bowls of all time.
1: Literally. The best Super Bowls. And the craziest part about this is you have a quarterback. Like they, not only were they the first quarter or black quarterbacks to go against each other in the NFL, but they also were the youngest combined age. So you have these two guys that are going to be here for a long, long time and good hands you yeah but you got robbed of seeing these young stars really go at it and I agree with you 100 it was a hold yes but I agree with you also with the fact that like if you haven't called that throughout the whole game don't I also think that I have a problem with it just because like yes it was a hold but it was such a light hold and the ball looked like it was like not even catchable so that's what really like made me angry about it because it's like dude if you're gonna call that like call it on a solid penalty something that's like no doubt a penalty right you know and that's what I think sucks about it because like it was such a like eh eh kind of call and that decided the game and exactly you're 100% right it um robbed not only Philly and Kansas City obviously we well Kansas City doesn't feel robbed but it robbed Philly obviously our fans would do that but seeing the just fans of the game and everybody else react the same way was validating in that fact, because I don't know, like, I just, I don't understand how NFL, obviously they're not going to say anything that goes against their guys, but you got to imagine that NFL wouldn't be happy about that because they would love that showdown.
2: Yeah. But you know, anything that puts money in Roger Goodell's pocket, he doesn't really
1: True. Well, and it also leads to the sod gate that it was fixed to go towards Kansas City way. So if that was real, NFL wouldn't matter then because Goodell. Oh my God, did you see who was the guy that he hugged after?
2: Was it Chris Jones or? I
1: don't. Remember. I don't even. I don't think I actually yeah. recognized because it wasn't his jersey, and I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean that was but, disgusting. And don't even get me started on the fact that the groundskeeper literally came out this week and was like, "Oh yeah, the field was overwatered." Like, sir, you have one job.
1: Dude, well, and I think the most frustrating part, and, like, you could tell Hassan Reddick was like, really torn up about it. Um, intentional there, torn up. Because um yeah. he literally, like, just seeing, like, the highlight reel. I guess it's not really a highlight. But the reel of him being so close to getting Patrick Mahomes and getting, like, on the QB and then his feet just sliding out from under him. Like, that is such a huge thing. And that's why it is kind of just like, eh, like, it does make you think because it's like everybody knew that was Philly's defense's strong point. Everybody knew that.
2: It's just such a bummer to have these things that just, it's such a bummer to have, like, these things hovering over yeah, like, loss. Like, if it was just, like, a loss outplayed by Patrick Mahomes fine fine respect yeah on and you know it for it, it, it was a great game Patrick Mahomes played a great game the Chiefs played a great game like it is what it is respect all the way around um except for tiktok boy he can oh uh, yeah that's freaking ridiculous everything was fine everyone was being respectful until that jackass decided to do what if i was
1: patrick mahomes and travis kelsey i'd be like dude you mean nothing please do not celebrate our successes
2: he's on a one-year deal they're not resigning him do not brag about my success yeah like get yourself get out of here um patrick mahomes revived his career no one else was going to take him on anyway um but I digress, like, you know, a lot of respect there. It is what it, and Patrick Mahomes said, like, you know, Jalen Hurts is someone who I expect to see in these games for the rest of my career. And he's not wrong. Like mm-hmm. those two are going to be like, they play them actually this season. Like it's going to yep. be a great game. It'll probably be the Sunday night game that week. Um, You know, so it, it's, but it's just a shame that there are these two, like what could have been. Yeah things that are always going to be attached to that like it just sucks i agree because in philly you know that we're going to think about it forever
1: (laughs) but i do have a question for you so in 2004 came out that um spy gate and stuff because Mm -hmm. we lost to the new england patriots and that's kind of why a lot of philly hates tom brady and the patriots organization rightfully so um but so if it comes out that Sawgate ended up being an actual like thing and like Kansas City knew about it and that's how they were prepared and like had cleats. Do you think that it would be different? Because right now I I can deal with it. Like I still love the Chiefs as long as we don't play them kind of thing. You know what I mean? I really like Patrick Mahomes. I love Andy Reid. So like I still like the team, but do you think, and I feel like a lot of Phillies like that once they like have some time to marinate kind of, but do you think if Sawgate becomes an actual thing and it's confirmed that it was a thing that it would change how people think about the chiefs.
2: Um, I don't know if it would change that. I just think that we would want to see them again and make it right. The way that we did, like, I, I am at peace with what happened in 2004 because of what happened in 2017. There you go. and 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 we just don't have to wait like 15 years right and that's that's how i look at it and i you're right i'm hopeful that we don't have to wait um that long but who knows who knows it's brutal it's really brutal all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about some of the free agents we've got going on the difference and the changes that are going on within the eagles organization you are listening to the babes on broad on bgn radio
0: you ready Showtime.
1: Welcome back into episode number 102 of Babes on Broad. So we talked about how they left Jonathan Gannon in Arizona.
2: Thank God. So
1: let's look at who replaced him. They brought in Sean Desai to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, a, a weird move. Um, I will say that. It does, after like seeing Nick Sirianni talk about it and kind of hearing his explanation, like, I understand why he likes him because it's the style. He fits kind of a Jonathan Gannon style, unfortunately. And that's the style that Nick Sirianni likes. Um, I do like the positives about like hearing that he's a big team guy, like all his players like him, that he's a great football mind. I think that's always a plus um, and he's young. So I think that um, there's a lot of room for growth there. He ha- doesn't have much experience. I mean, obviously he, he, has worked up to this point, but he was defensive coordinator for the bears back in 2021. And then an assistant head coach of the defense. I don't understand some of these titles sometimes uh, for (laughs) Seattle in 2022. So yeah, I, I think that I don't know. Cause they, they did bring in a lot of guys. I think they could have brought in a more um, somebody different, but after hearing Nick Sirianni's thoughts, like I said, it makes sense at this move. Um, And it could be worse, but I think it could be better. What do you say?
2: I just, my only, I guess, concern is just the fact that I think he only has that one year of actual play calling under his belt. So I think that's probably my only concern is that from a play calling standpoint, the experience isn't really there. Um, Now, that's not to say that, you know, he won't figure it out and be fine. Um, I don't hate the hire. I like, I do like the fact that he's young. I do like the fact that um, it's, he, he's a guy who apparently like really like loves his safeties. And I think that maybe this was something is the ideal of trying to keep CJ GJ here. And mm-hmm. you know, they did say they're not planning on letting him go anywhere. They'll tag him yeah, if they can't get a deal done. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm excited to see something that's not Jonathan Gannon. I think that's just what I am too. I'm just nervous at the similarities between the two. Sure. Sure. But I also, one, one thing I did notice that Nick Sirianni said was, you know, looking, he said, like, you know, our thought process, we were, you know, wanted somebody who, you know, wasn't scared to make adjustments and able to make adjustments. And I'm like, that's all. That was number one criteria. Go. Learn how yep. to make a freaking adjustment. Literally. So But he also,
1: um, it's going to be interesting because it's, I mean, it's free reign for him basically. So we have so many defensive free agents on this yeah. team. And yeah, they are basically going to have to reconstruct this whole thing. I mean, Howie's a wizard. We've seen him work miracles before, but yeah i'm I'm curious how it's gonna go obviously um c j gardner Johnson they're most likely going to bring back they need to yes they um need to. but yeah i mean a lot of there's a lot of age on this line as well so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do,
2: yeah, so i mean you Okay, so we'll just run down this free agent list really quick. Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Jason Kelsey, James Bradbury, Isaac Sayamalu, Andre Dillard, Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards, and Sue, Lynn Linval Joseph, Boston Scott, Zach Paschal, Miles Sanders, Rick Lovato, C.J. G.J., Tyree Jackson, Gardner Minshew, and Marcus Epps. Um, we- I would love if they could
1: keep Fletch. I just think he fits the organization, but if it's just – short term simple money kind of like how he was on this one year deal. Yeah. But I don't
2: know. I think I think he is one and Brandon Graham, I think both of them are guys that if they want to be here, they would take a cut. You figure out a way to keep them here okay. and let them let them play here until they tell you they're done. Yeah. They have both been such an integral part of this organization and the success that this organization has had over the last however many years that like, they just like there to where I first, and it's the same thing with Jason Kelsey, right? Like Jason yeah. Kelsey's arm could be falling off. And if, as long as he tells you he wants to play here, y- you let him play here.
1: No, I agree a hundred percent. And also um, it fits with the fact that Sean Desai doesn't have much experience and he's young. The whole coaching Great. staff now is young. So yeah. it, it really would make sense to
2: have, Young, I mean, like vets like that to help out these young coaches. Yeah. So like and also to help out with some of these younger players. Like, you know, you want a guy like Fletcher Cox to be there with Jordan Davis as he gets a little bit more, you know, playing time in the next year. Like, you want that mentorship to yeah. be there as well. You saw them do it with Jason Peters. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and same thought process, right? Like, you, as long as he wants to keep playing here, you let yeah. him keep playing here because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and he deserves it. Now, yeah. was he? Was it a struggle at the end because he was also like they were also paying him like an absurd amount of money? Yes, to stay here for like one year, so they can't be doing that. No, but I really do think that like Robert Quinn was a one year rental. We knew that, and uh, yeah. Andrew, Joseph, like, it comes back. they were all yeah, all one year rentals. That's fine. That is what it is. Um, the one
1: that sucks is Javon Hargrave. He's going to be a big loss, and Philly obviously would love to keep him. I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him. He's as of right, yeah. And as of right now, he's talked about for being getting like
2: supposed to get paid.
1: This I mean, he he
2: had an unbelievable year. I mean, yeah, as he should. He he had a great Mm -hmm. year in a contract. Like he's going to go somewhere, and he's going. He's going to get like a three year, three year ten million. Like that's going to be the kind of.
1: Yeah. He's supposed to get paid. So, um, I mean, good for him. It sucks that we won't have the money to be able to keep him. Yes. I would love if they could figure something out, obviously, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. So it looks like he's going to leave.
2: I totally agree. Um, I am praying to God that Jason Kelsey plays one more year. I Um, was thinking about this. I
1: feel like if he was going to retire, he would have told us already because he's such a team guy he knows he has to before the draft. You can't retire yep. after the draft and be like, yeah. I mean, even though they kind of already got his um, replacement in Dickerson, right?
2: No, is in it? Cam Juergens. So, Jergens, they yes. yes, but so, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly because the other part of that is they're not going to be able to retain Isaac Sayamalo. I don't think. I don't think they're going to be able to keep him. With Too much money. Of- yeah. He's another okay. one who, like,
1: like remember He's remember always talking. sneaky good. When you don't hear their names a lot, like that's how you know they're doing their job. On the he, had a,
2: he had a great year coming off mm-hmm. a big injury. So yeah. he had a really, really good year and he's going to be one of the What's most... What's after- He's young.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, he's probably like our age, like 28-ish.
2: Yeah. I think I, it may be a little bit younger, honestly. Wow. I didn't realize that um yeah we're old now um (laughs) in terms of like sports ages we're actually on the old side now we're considered old um but yeah I think that I don't know if they're gonna be able to because he's gonna be another one that like someone is going to pay him a a a pretty contract so he'll turn 29 lineman he's our worst lineman and he would be their best lineman you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's how good the Eagles' offensive line is. So I don't think they're going to be able to retain him, which means they might have to put Cam Jurgens over there at guard if they can keep, manage to get make Jason Kelsey play another year at least. One. I think I think um, he can be persuaded. I also, especially think- with
1: this line, he's got those guys. He loves those guys, right? Like you know what I mean. I can see him. Keeping it going. Yeah. And because I they were think- also so close, and like if they, you know how he's going to fix this defense, that's what he's best at is stacking that line. So, like, they're going to rebuild it. And with how talented this offense is, I think Jason Kelsey's is going to be like, we were so close. This team has so much potential. Let's run it back. I do think
2: that if they won the Super Bowl, he should have retired, though. Yes. I agree. I agree. Win the Super Bowl, go have your third kid right off into yep. the sunset. You I know, he's probably like, you're up,
1: killing up. me. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, So I think, um, I do think he can be persuaded. I would hope he can be persuaded because also I think a big priority with one of those first round picks is going to need to be drafting Lane Johnson's replacement, future replacement. That's going to have to be something they do because Lane's probably only going to play two or three more years. So like they did with Landon Dickerson and bringing him in, like they did last year with Cam Jurgens, they're going to need to do that for a right tackle. And if they lose Isaac and they need Cam Jorgens over there, like they need they're very good at preemptively like drafting the people that they need. And like yeah, they even did. if it's even if it's just like a project, like last year, like Jordan Davis didn't play a hell of a lot of snaps this year, but I do believe he's gonna be playing a lot of snaps in 2023, and he's going to be way better prepared than he would have been in 2022. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the way that the that the Eagles operate. Um, yeah. Similarly, like Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards, are they going to keep them both? Are they even going to worry about trying to retain T.J. Edwards, knowing that they've gotten a Kobe Dean waiting in the wings True. to come out and and play? like so? And I think that that's also a, a draft mentality that while I do, you know, we've had our qualms with Howie in the past. I think that in terms of setting themselves up, there still are some questionable ones here and there. But in terms of setting themselves up, I think that's something that the Eagles have managed to do a very good job of in that they lose someone and the next person kind of seamlessly comes in. Oh, 100%. So Brandon Brooks, right? Like Brandon yeah. Brooks, we, were, we didn't know what to do with losing Brandon Brooks. And Landon Dickerson comes in and playing phenomenal football. But yep. knowing that he was kind of a, we took him in the second round, but will he play this year? Maybe, probably not, unless there's a big injury and then seamlessly comes into to the starting lineup. Um, I still wanted Asante Samuel Jr. with that pick, but this year with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I was able to make my piece. Yes. However, we might lose James Bradbury because we're not going to be able to retain him. Yet. Like, yeah. there are just so many free agents. Like, I don't know how I they're going to do it. Thank God it's not my job. I know. My job's there really crazy. are. Not it.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. luckily, so just looking at the list, like you said already, there are some key guys, obviously, that they know they have to keep. Um, Indomitian Sioux, that was kind of a one-year rental, but I wouldn't mind if they signed him for another one year. I feel like he's not looking for too much money because he is older. And he said before, he just kind of wants to go somewhere that has a chance of winning. So I would like to keep Indomitian Sioux again for another year if they could get him cheap um same with like Linvale Joseph I don't really care like just keep one of them I don't think that would hurt if you could get them cheap because they're up there um Boston Scott I feel like you could keep him he probably wouldn't be too much he's older just like a Darren Sprolesy kind
2: of yeah I think that there's I think a lot of these guys
1: Zach Pascal let him go Miles Sanders unfortunately let him go
2: um shame because you just can't invest money at that running back position anymore.
1: No, you really Eagles can't. And that's why everybody it. that's like, oh, draft a running back, I'm fine with that, just not in the top rounds.
2: Yeah, no. I don't, I don't want to use a, a first-round no. pick on a running back. I think Ever. you can get some really no. good talent in two or three.
1: And especially with our defensive line being so old and everybody basically being a free agent.
2: I did see something today about the Eagles apparently being one of the favorites to sign Josh Jacobs. Mm. Which I wouldn't hate, but also why not keep Miles at that point?
0: You yeah, know what I, mean? I, like I mean, feel like Josh Jacobs will
2: require more money. That's good. I haven't looked at the specific. I just prices. saw that tweet yeah, on today. I didn't click on yeah. it. I just saw it. Was like, hmm, and then moved on. Yeah, Gardner Minshew. The rest of the list, that kind of. Eh. Well, Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps, I think they need to keep. Miles yeah. Epps because we but, already have such an issue at the safety position. Like I agree. have that if they don't retain both CJ, GJ and Marcus Epps, then we're right back to like square one with all of our yeah, <laughs> issues. I there. agree.
1: But so even though we do have a lot of free agents, Howie's a wizard. So he'll find a way to keep the ones that we really need to keep. And I have faith in his abilities there that he'll be able to bring in who we need to like, you know what I mean? To fill mm-hmm. those gaps. Um, obviously Howie's biggest concern is always the draft. We'll see if he can have a, another decent draft this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, going along with those free agents. So you also have a new head coach on the offensive side. Um, Brian Johnson promoted from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. I will say the only. Like I do like the move. The only thing I would have said I wanted instead was like Eric B. Enemy because I didn't know he was gonna leave somewhere. Now where's he going? To Washington. Washington. Yeah. Which is stupid on his part. But like that shows how little amount of people really are giving him a shot. But so I would have liked Eric B. Enemy, but the more I learn about Brian Johnson, the more I really like that move.
2: I'm really excited about Brian Johnson. Yeah. I'm really excited about Brian Johnson. And I just think that you can't underestimate the like the relationship piece. And I think that's something that it's just he he was such a significant part of helping Jalen Hurts take this, take this leap from, you know, year one as a starter to year two as a starter. I know it was technically his third year, but you know, second year yeah. as full-time starter. Like, he's known Jalen Hurts since he was five years old. That is a cool story. He, like, his – Jalen Hurts' dad coached Brian Johnson. So, Brian Johnson has been, like, a mentor to Jalen Hurts for the majority of his life. Like, just no, – that, like, synergy, I feel like is, it, it's – it's been such a huge component of why Jalen is where he is right yeah. now. And I think that's absolutely – the best option for them it was it was the best option for them and yeah, like as long as I agree Eric Bienemy would be great I just think that that relationship yeah gives it that extra like this is the best thing and there's actually a video I don't know if you saw this there's a video that was circulating on Twitter and it's a Cowboys fan talking about how his number one desire for their offensive coordinator was the Eagles quarterback coach Brian Johnson that's and because because oh, he was ahead. with Dak at Mississippi, yep, at State. Mississippi
1: State, and he—did so, you see that video? No, but I just put it two and
2: two together of yeah. why he would say that. So, but the the actually like huge respect to this Cowboys fan yeah. for like the analysis of it is really if if you're not already excited about like if we were going to lose Shane Steichen, like this is the guy that we needed to keep and have as our offensive coordinator. If you weren't already excited, I'll go find it and I'll retweet it. It's it's a really good like walking through the success that the different teams he had been with it was Dak at Mississippi State he had like two of his best years and then he was the offensive coordinator at Florida, Florida. and the Florida Gators yep. had been like Trask. really bad <laughs> yeah. so just like the way that he goes through everything you like if you weren't already excited about that hire like th- this'll definitely and also just the fact that the Cowboys wanted him it yeah just... It rubs it in so the a little bit so but, sweet.
1: um the, yeah the only question mark there is really his play calling abilities sure it, mm-hmm. it,
2: it's going to be the play calling 100 but I also think part of it is going to be it, it's going to be a lot of sort of open conversation with Jalen and yeah. figuring out what's going to work which wouldn't be best. a bad thing
1: because Jalen is right. a fantastic football mind so that makes a lot of sense but yeah I mean We'll see. I mean, I have faith and people weren't huge on Nick Sirianni. I was kind of hesitant about that just because there were question marks there, but um, they seem to be getting these young coaches and finding these young coaches that end up being something. So hopefully I I like it.
2: I still think that watering the flower thing is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life, but damn it. If that didn't work, right? (laughs) Like if it works, And that's what I said back then. I was like, if that works, great. But that is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. But hey, what do I know? I'm not. and
1: I, I just because like that showed how much too, that like the team was on his side, because like, if you were on the outside, you're like, what? And that was a lot of people were like, how is this team going to buy into it? But no, they love Nick Sirianni. They obviously already love Brian Johnson. So that, and then Sean Desai, like I said earlier, he has a really good rap of, being a player's guy. Yeah. So I really, yeah, I love the camaraderie. Like that's how Philly is. Like Philly plays their best when they all like each other and all are a cohesive group and yep. are having fun. So
2: I like that. Yeah. So we'll see what goes on. I mean, the first day of like the new league year, I think is March 7th. The combine is this week. This, yeah. um, and the ability to tag um to franchise tag players that opened on february 21st and they have until 4 p.m eastern on march 7th to do that so if they're you know they i guess they're trying to work on a deal with cj garner johnson because it is currently march 2nd and they don't have a lot of time left to be able to tag him if they don't get a deal done so I, i need this man to stay here Forever.
1: Knowing us, Jess, we're going to wrap this up and it's going to come out in an
2: hour. No, you're probably right. It's okay. Yeah. So it is 10 07 a.m. on Thursday, March 2nd. And I can't wait for 11 07 a.m. on Thursday, March 2nd when <laughs> I get my Adam Schefter tweet notey that CJ Gardner Johnson is an eagle for life. Okay. Yeah. um But yeah, yeah, there's a lot to
1: look forward to in this offseason. Obviously, We'll be back soon to after the combine and stuff and really be able to look at who the Eagles should start um, trying to decide who they'll take and what positions we want them to draft and which we want them
2: to pick up. There's a lot to look at. Let me ask you this one question before before we wrap up. Do you think they keep both first or do you think they end up trading one again? I over? think they trade. Yeah, I think you need to.
1: Get a defensive lineman – or like a D end and then, um, yeah. And then use the other as a trade. We saw it work out last year and it worked out fantastically, obviously.
2: Um, imagine trading AJ Brown. Imagine right? trading AJ Brown. You scared the, me at first fire. because
1: when you first said it, I thought you meant like us doing that. Oh, move not, and I was yeah. like, no, no like yes, no. Idiots. you
2: literally scared me at first. Cause I just took it as that. And then I realized, you know, no, not year. idiots. Um, yeah, imagine <laughs> that you traded AJ Brown then AJ Brown absolutely cooks your team on his new team and you get fired the next day unbelievable, unbelievable. like can't write that can't Literally. write that in a story
1: yeah no so i would love obviously move it how he'd be howie that's what he's good at i want to see that so yeah i just man i would love a better like three wide receiver Like Zach Pascal, bye. Quez Watkins, I don't trust you anymore. Like, I would love another three.
2: Yeah, they need another three. And, but do they do? Well, that'll be. They probably trade
1: that pick and use it on a running back, if anything, to trade for a running back instead of draft one.
2: That could be interesting.
1: Yeah. So, there are a few young running backs in this draft that I see people correlating to the Eagles, but I just am not willing to give a first or a high second for it.
2: Yeah. I think, um, Maybe next week's episode we'll look at some of the free agents around the NFL and see if there are any that makes sense on a cheaper deal or that would, you know, want to come to a team to play with Jalen Hurts and potentially go to the Super Bowl. So we'll see <laughs> where where is the Super Bowl next year? Where do I need to book my flight to? I don't know. Super Bowl fifty eight. Good lord. Where is, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's in Vegas. Oh, I did know that. I did know that too. Yes. I've never been to Vegas. I- I haven't been there in a while and I would like to go back. Um, I will not be doing in and out in 24 hours like I did with Phoenix. Yes, you're not for that. I, it was, it was, I will say. Do you regret it? No, not (laughs) at all. I don't regret that for a second. Um, My bank account might regret it, but I don't regret it. Um, It was awesome. And it was awesome because, so we did, my family did Minnesota, which was Mm -hmm. unbelievable, but it was freezing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cold. It was like negative 12 degrees when we landed without the wind chill. Um, at two o'clock in the afternoon, it was negative 25 when we left. Um, but like you couldn't enjoy the like Super Bowl experience. We yeah, was freezing. Um, and this was just. It was fun to be able to do with my husband. It was just the two of us. We left at like 3 a.m got on a plane. It was the most efficient two rounds of boarding a plane experiences <laughs> I've ever been a part of in my life because it was a bunch of insane Eagles fans on their way to Phoenix with no bags. So everyone just like filed on the plane really fast, sat down and like, buckled That's up hilarious. And like, let's go. Yeah. And then on the way home, it was a bunch of really sad Eagles fans trying to get back to Philly, like get me the hell out of yeah. this state filed right on, buckled up and we were out super fast. Um, but it was fun because it was beautiful. I got to see the sun and feel the sun on my skin instead of what goes on in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. right now. Um, and do all the like fun, different things and like all the Super Bowl rings and the Lombardi trophy and like all the stuff was fun. And they had like food trucks and like a, a different drinks and everything. So like we had a really fun time and they opened this, like you scan your tickets and you go into like this whole, like, they, they basically make like a border around the stadium with all the stuff. So you scan your tickets to go in and then you can go like in and out of the stadium. Like you didn't have to like all fun, like everybody funneled into this like huge area that they had mm. set off. And then you kind of do whatever. Like we went into the stadium like really early. We like walked around, got some food, like just like hung out, took it all in. And, you know, while it was an unfortunate outcome, it was a really fun Thing for just the two of us to do, like we literally okay, like yeah. took off at six thirteen a.m. and we landed at six a.m. Monday morning, like Sweet. literally four hours. Um, we were, and I will say, a win would have helped the adrenaline yeah. that we needed to get through Monday. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and Vegas, okay, and once in on a lifetime it would thing, also be fun. But yeah, we had to get there first.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: Man, now I'm sad again. I had like gotten, I had gotten over it, not over it, but like I had.
0: Made my shift
2: into the Sixers and the Phillies and the Sixers who are trying to kill me also. It's fine. It is what it is. Whatever. We'll wrap up there. Thank (laughs) you for listening to episode 102 of Babes on Broad. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about some of the other free agents around. We'll talk about anything else that came out of the combine and what we're starting to see getting ready for the draft. Thank you again for listening to us here, make sure you're paying attention to everything on SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation as well. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.